You're listening to the Food and Fitness Podcast, the show about all things related to food and fitness. Follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at food.fitnesspodcast. We're your hosts, Jackie Vandertoon, Jessica White, and Dave Marshall. Well, welcome to the huddle. Last week, we spoke with Dr. Jill Bailey about emotional wellness. And today we want to reflect on our biggest takeaways from our interview and expand really on what resonated with us, as well as maybe any changes we've made in our lives since our talk. I am super excited to talk to you guys, especially one of the things I love is each of us are going to have our own takeaways. Um, So I thought we could just start off with, hey, Jess, what was your biggest takeaway from listening to Jill? Well, I just want to start off by saying I really enjoyed our talk with um, Jill. She had a lot of insight, obviously, um, into everything to do with emotional wellness. Um, But I think the biggest takeaway that I got was about our conversations about stress. Um, And I think the way that she looks at stress um, and some of the books and the TED Talks that she was mentioning with um, Kelly McGonigal were really eye-opening because it was a different mindset and there is a whole shift around the way um, that Kelly McGonigal thinks about stress. And that's that's what I took away. Um, So after our talk, I went out and I ordered the book, The Upside of Stress. So it's you know, I've really just started to dive into it, but it is really insightful. It, re- it really talks about how um, you think about a situation is the outlook that you're going to get from that situation. So if you think that stress is going to be negative, then stress is going to be negative, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing. You can embrace it um, and it will really change the way that you look at stress and how you feel about a stressful situation. So I'm, I'm reading this book. It's really insightful. Um, and so far I love everything about it. It is a huge shift, um, in the way that you think about it, but it's, it's really, really interesting. That's awesome. Dave, how about you? What was your biggest takeaway from listening to to Jill? I'd say, um, I'm going to cheat and say there was two, but, um, one thing that she said that I really did, uh, like, and when I think she was talking more to Jess on this one about being uh, self-employed but when you're being your own boss you need to be a good boss to yourself like you need to schedule your own time Um, you need to give yourself the weekend off and like things like that which for a lot of friends of mine who maybe run their own business or have a side hustle they're always thinking of going 24 hours a day seven days a week and they don't give themselves their own time off or they don't reward themselves like they may if they were working for someone else because you would ask someone else for you know some time off or you'd ask hey you know can I take can I leave Friday early right but you can just ask yourself and if you can do it then you should and I think that was a great opportunity for even if you're scheduling your own life and you get super busy um, for anyone who's out there it's a great opportunity for you to learn and to grow and how to uh, manage yourself in that way the other thing was um, when it comes to your feelings like is this feeling, is it motivative, uh, communicative, and what does it illuminate? Were the three things that um, I had like a kind of a stressful time afterwards, and I kind of just took an opportunity to look at what was happening, how it was motivating me, what, what was my reaction telling me about what was going on, and how can I use this to, uh, to illuminate my, maybe not my weaknesses, but my areas where I need to grow. 
Yeah, I actually have to agree. And that was really my biggest takeaway because I like to not have emotions. And, and this is the area of wellness that I struggle with the most. I don't like to show emotions. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm a very emotional person. And I hate that, hated, past tense, about myself. Um, and I think hearing Jill talk about that, that, you know what, emotions are who you are. And, you know, as you said, they motivate you to do things. If I didn't have emotions, I wouldn't do something. But I think I love the fact, like she said, and you articulated as well, it illuminates your passion. You know, if I wasn't emotional about something, then I wouldn't act on it. And I wouldn't say, hey, you know what? I'm emotional about it because I'm passionate about it. And that's actually a good thing because we're all part of the food and fitness podcast and we each have emotions. Like when it comes to food insecurity, it makes me angry and sad when I hear about kids not being able to feed themselves, like kids going to school hungry for whatever their situation is. And that's a good thing because the three of us, I'm assuming, have embraced that and act upon it and continue to strive to do things about it. So emotions are a good thing. And, and I never mm -hmm. thought about it that that's the purpose they, they served. I always thought it was a weakness. Um, and so now I can embrace those emotions and move forward and say, Hey, you know what? I'm feeling angry, anger about something. And, um, you know, I need to figure out why I'm feeling that anger. And maybe that anger is there for a reason for me to act upon it. So yeah, certainly Jill said a lot of things. I took notes here and, uh, um, a lot of stuff came out. I felt I was back in school again. Mm -hmm. So Same. Dave, what resonated with you and what Jill talked about? It was an opportunity for me to just take an outside perspective on how to manage your emotions. And for me, it was like, for some of the things that I thought she was kind of echoing, which was nice. And I kind of appreciated that because I was like, yeah, my emotions mean something. Um, and they're not a... Um, they're not an overreaction um, and their level of the reaction maybe echoes the level of passion I have about those certain things. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Jess, how about you? You know, I think everything that she said was like just hitting the nail on the head. Like, it, like Dave said, it, it kind of echoed everything um, that I was thinking um, about emotions, but also when she was talking about controlling your emotions and, you know, holding them in a bottle underwater and eventually it's just going to pop back up in your face. So that whole controlling, like just changing, changing your mindset about it. And it's not, you're not controlling, but maybe you're managing or you're organizing your emotions. Um, it just, that, that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think what resonated with me, and uh, I really, you know, focused in on this, and then, you know, I, she said that really the research talks about that your emotions are pretty fleeting. You know, she said 90 seconds. If it was 90 seconds, if it's two minutes, if it's five minutes, well, the takeaway with that was it's not forever. So if I'm feeling angry, it's not going to be forever. You know, and I don't know about you guys, but um, this pandemic is really wearing on me. And 
you know, there are some days when I, I lay in bed and I say to myself, and this is not me. Um, I have no motivation. I don't want to get out of bed. What's the point? It's going to be another day where I sit in the house or it's like groundhog day. It's just repeat it. And by her saying, Hey, you know what? The emotions are fleeting. I don't. So I think I need to say that clinical diagnosis of depression or anxiety, I, I don't suffer from that whatsoever. And I know that, um, but I have those fleeting moments of, and I just, I feel kind of crappy today. And, and I know that it will go away and I know that it's fleeting. And I know for me that getting out of bed and doing stuff, that thing that I felt when I was in bed, I forget all about it. And so what resonated with me was that, you know, the, the emotions that I'm feeling, the frustration, the anger, the sadness, the hap well, happiness, I'd love to continue forever and ever, but um, they will wane, right? And there'll be hills and there'll be valleys and that'll be life. You, you peak and you go down, but you'll go back up again. So it's a constant evolving nature of how you feel throughout the day, throughout the hour sometimes. And, you know, emotions can change from minute to minute, but it's okay. It's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. So the big thing is, Jess, have you made any changes since listening to Jill? So I've really tried not to look at stress in a negative connotation. Um, and that kind of brings us back to our talk with Joe when we talked about negative and positive feelings. So I've just really tried to change my whole mindset about the whole negative emotion thing. Um, so I don't, I really try, and this is a really big hurdle, um, because you, you're going back to your core beliefs, basically, um, when it comes to changing your mindset. Um, but anytime that I feel like I'm in a stressful situation, I try to think, how can I learn or improve so that this doesn't happen again? So it's, it's not a negative situation. It's a learning situation. Um, and what Jill had also talked about with time management is key because that's where a lot of my stress comes into play. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of moving pieces in a day. Um, so just for me, it comes back to that organization. And that's one thing that I feel I kind of strive in. So it's, um, yeah, just really taking a step back, thinking about the situation um, and just hitting the reset button instead of a reaction button. I love it. Dave, how about you? Have you made any changes since uh, Jill? Um, we spoke with Jill. Yeah, I think um, when she talked about the 92nd, uh, window, it's giving me an opportunity to just consciously hit pause um, on my reaction before something were to happen. So if a situation comes up, instead of just that automatic response, I try and and then I'll enter into the conversation or allow it to process, repeat it maybe in my head and be like, is this really the best situation? Is this the best response for what's happening right now? And then go into it. And some like at first it made for like some really awkward moments because like you're just sitting there and then like something happens and then everyone's just sitting there and I'm like, and now there's like this awkward like silence on the podcast too. But it gives me an opportunity to to mentally take inventory of what just happened, like replay it, see if it's worth getting upset about or if it's not. And then um, I, I listen to music constantly, so um, I. If at the end of the year, you know, sometimes Spotify gives you 
um, hashtag not an ad gives you your stats of like how much you listen to certain things. And I spend obscene amounts of time listening to music. Like whenever I'm in the car, whenever I'm at home, I'm listening to it. And one of the songs that came on, um, they were talking, I think it was from Alan Doyle. And it was just like, it's a pebble on a gravel road. And in my head, I was like, yeah, it is. Like, it's just, that's all it is. Like there's gonna be tons of rocks there. and It's a gravel road, but like, why, why get upset about that one little one? Right. So that's what I took away. Wow. I'm going to borrow that. It's a pebble on a gravel road. That's yeah. a great metaphor. I need to write that down. I, I wish I could say that um, I've made these amazing, uh, incredible changes that have impacted my life. And, but that's just not realistic. Um, however, uh, there's been a couple of things that I've tried to do. And, and my, it's funny the other day, I, uh, so I teach and I have to be online at a certain time and my internet, I had class in 20 minutes and my internet was like crap. And I was like, Oh, isn't that interesting? I am accountable to 60. Like I'm building up this story in my mind, like 60 students are going to be online. I'm not going to be there. How do I let them like, I'm panicking all these things. I'm panicking. And then I was like, you know what? You have 20 minutes, take a breath, right? Like take a breath, relax deep breath in and out. And all of a sudden it popped into my mind. I could totally let them know on my phone and send them a link to a Zoom meeting. Bada beam, bada boo, done. So I could have spent 20 minutes panicking or I could have taken that 30 seconds and just taken a breath in and taken a breath out. And that made all the difference because if I pushed through and, and tried to get all of this stuff done and arrived on class and I would be uh, at this frenetic pace and I would start it off negatively. And, and then I would reflect upon the class was, you know, the lecture wasn't like, it just would have gone downhill, but taking that pause made the difference. So it was a really good moment for me to be able to say, Hey, you know what, just take a few minutes and start, you know, breathing kind of like you took that pause Dave. So Breathing in and out. Yeah, I've learned to breathe. <laughs> it's an important thing in life. <laughs> yeah, if I want to continue to survive, but even just reflecting on that, that was good for yeah. me is just reflecting and stopping because normally I would just plow through and try and, and, and panic my way through making the, everything work. So yeah, I've had a couple of instances this week where I've reflected upon it and said, hey, you know what? good job. Like, A, it's okay to feel this emotion. It will be fleeting and just take a pause and it will all be good. It's a pebble on a gravel road. I'm going to use that now. See, I'm going to, I'm going to bring another philosophical bomb that for some reason came into my head. But when we're talking about, like you said, you didn't make any major changes or anything like that, but a lot of times the small adjustments are what can make a huge difference. And I mean, if you start off an inch in the wrong direction, you're only crossing the road, it's not going to make that much of a difference. But if you're aiming for the moon, that's a completely different thing. If that rocket is set off only by an inch, by the time it reaches the moon, it's nowhere close. Like it's not even close to the moon. It is miles off to where it needs to be. So a lot of the times, small adjustments can make a big difference in the long run. Dave, can I just write these things down? Go ahead. It just comes to me. <laughs> I can't remember a thing I read like five minutes ago, but I can tell you right now, like it'll come to me at some moment. 
That is awesome. Well, I, I, I did really enjoy. I'm so glad we were able to bring Jill on board. I, I hope that, you know, so she gave so much information and tidbits. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things you got to go back and listen again, because every time you're going to pick up something new. So um, thank you, Jill, for, for coming and speaking with us. Um, so let's talk about March. So each kind of month, we're doing another spoke of the wheel. And uh, let's talk about March, and we've decided to do financial wellness. So Forbes magazine has defined financial wellness as, a, uh, sorry, they've defined it as financial health, is a dynamic relationship of one's financial and economic resources. Financial wellness means you have the ability to reach your goals, take advantage of opportunities, and gives you flexibility to pursue your dreams. This can be achieved through financial literacy. And financial literacy is learning about how to manage your current financial situation and recognize how not being financially literate can impact so many other areas of your life. So um, it's kind of on the spot here, guys. But um, when I say being financially literate, um, just what does that mean to you to be financially literate and um, are there things that you do to become financially literate? So I think for me, it's just a matter of like under, well, it's not just a matter, it's a huge matter, but uh, it's a matter of understanding um, and, and balance, balancing your accounts for me. I don't know. I really don't know, I guess is what I'm saying. So I'm, I have an idea of what it would be, but I'm really excited to learn more about this in March um, cause I think that there's going to be so much that I personally can take away from this. Um, but when, when I think of financial literacy and wellness, it, it is, it's all about balance. And I think everything on the, um, wellness wheel is about the balance, but yeah, I don't, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. I, I don't really know. I have so much to learn on this topic. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's why we're here. Dave, yeah. how about you? What does financial literacy mean to you? And, you know, let's put in the context of, mm-hmm. you know, how does financial literacy impact your wellness? Or maybe you haven't even thought about it yet. So what does financial literacy mean to you? Um, for me, I think it's kind of like regular literacy is knowing what you're looking at and how you're reading it. If you're looking at a financial statement, what does a number in brackets mean? What does a number that has a negative in front of it mean? Like if someone's looking at a financial statement or your bank account, sometimes those can make a huge difference. Um, If numbers are in red, like how important is that kind of stuff? And what does it look like? You know, if you're trying to get out of debt, making a minimum payment, realizing that that's going to take you decades to pay off versus, you know, if you're just to pay the whole thing up, all those kinds of things of knowing how to put numbers in a beneficial way for you as you would words on a page and how you would comprehend those. So I actually, before previous life, um, have my investment and insurance licenses for a job that I was going to go into, but never actually took off. But it was an opportunity for me to learn new things that the general public may not or to understand things in a better way. So for me, financial literacy is very much as learning how to read is having an opportunity for you to know where you are, what you want to do and how to read 
a financial statement kind of like you would words on a page. Interesting. Yeah. Um, as I've talked about before, uh, my financial situation has changed drastically in 30 years. Um, you know, and that's the joy of being a student. But I think for me, uh, financial literacy. I never grew up learning about money. In fact, I don't care about money. It's not a motive for me. I go to work and someone dumps money in my bank account. I don't equate the two. So I've never been one of those people that need money. Like if I didn't have money, I, I truly, I couldn't care as long as my needs were met. So I think like you, Jess, and, you know, Dave, obviously you're a couple steps ahead, you know, reading bank statements, I probably should care more than I actually do because I really don't like, mm -hmm. I have a financial planner who tells me that I'm going to be okay when I retire. And that's all I really need to know. But I know myself uh, when I was struggling as a student, you know, how did it impact my life? Well, um, I remember buying a 99 cent bag of chips, you know, the big bag of chips. And that would be my meal because I could afford a 99 cent bag of chips. Um, and if you think about it, like what nutritional value was I getting out of that bag of chips? Zero. Um, you know, and so for me, that's how I learned to see the importance of finances and how it impacts everything else in my life. So I'm super excited to talk. Uh, Dave, can you just give us a little bit of a rundown who's coming to speak with us about financial literacy? Yeah, so our plan right now is that we're going to be talking with Brad, uh, who's a financial advisor, and he uh, is being mentored by um, his father-in-law and has an opportunity to grow in, in their business. And they work well uh, together and kind of servicing their clients and looking at an opportunity of where they are, where they can be, and how to get them from point A to point B. So I am super excited to uh, chat with Brad and learn more about financial literacy and, you know, how financial literacy or financial wellness in, impacts that spoke of the wheel. So until next time, we'll talk food and we'll talk fitness and we will do it together. <laughs>